We find ourselves today on Christ the King, Christ the King Sunday in the Gospel of John at a particular not-so-celebratory time of Jesus' life. He's standing before Pilate, having been before Annas, been before Herod, and now he's before Pilate. And we get in to listen to the conversation between Pilate and Jesus in Pilate's chambers. Hear these words. Pilate then went back inside the palace. He summoned Jesus and he asked him, Are you king of the Jews? Is that your idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you're right in saying that I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. Now be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why were you born? For what were you born? How would you answer that? I was born for a time such as this. I was born to be a dentist. I was born to be a doctor. I was born to be a lawyer. I was born to be a teacher, a mother, a father. I was born to be an honorary kid. I was born to celebrate recovery. Why were you born? I think the identity we have to do as Christians on this Christ the King Sunday we need to answer that question. Why were we born? You know, often when I travel, I tell y'all this, and I tell it tongue-in-cheek, but I really mean it. I don't always tell people what I do. Like if I'm on an airplane with somebody, you know what you do? You don't say, why were you born? They ask you, what do you do? Isn't that what we ask people? It's important to us to know what someone does with their life so that we can relate to them. 
Well, when you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're sitting by someone, and they ask you what you do, you have a choice, and you have a hefty decision to make. Because if you tell them what you do, you're going to get one of two things. You're going to get their life story and everything that's always happened to them, or you're going to get their, st their stance on certain issues within the Bible. And they're going to want to know how you think, what you think about it, what you believe about it, what you understand about it, and on and on. And I'm just flying on an airplane. So instead of asking me, for me to ask you today, what do you do? Maybe we need to sit down and we need to ask each other, what were you born? For what were you born? Why were you born? We're moving into Advent. Do you know what Advent is? Advent is the beginning of the Christian year. And we begin by celebrating one whose birth we know matters. And we know why he was born. Right? I mean, we celebrate Jesus. Do we know why Jesus was born? Jesus was born to be our Messiah. Period. Jesus is the Christ. Period. The church was founded on that. God so loved the world. I can quote John all day long. But why were you born? Why were you born into this world? Our church has a cool little saying. Kindness builds bridges. And those bridges are built so that we can go into the world and do what? Make a difference. You were born, I'll just answer the question for you, all right? You were born to make a difference. You were born to lead others into an encounter with the Christ. You were born so that others would know who Jesus is. You were born so that love could be shared in the world. That's why you were born. We were all born for the same reason. Did you know that? When my brother and I were conceived in the womb, I'm sure my parents didn't know that we were born for the same reason. But we were born for the same reason. And we are opposites. And people always ask, were y'all fraternal twins? Not hardly. He liked high society, fast cars, and high-flaunting women. That's my joke about him all the time. And golf. And you know me. I like the country life. I love driving my pickup truck. And I love being with my ordinary gal. That's the way we... But we were born for the same reason. He went off to be a dentist and dig in people's mouth. I can't think of anything that would be any more gross in my whole life. Can you imagine digging in people's mouths and the rot and the filth and the disgust and the taste and the breath so that you could tell someone they're loved? And he would say to me, I can't imagine sitting in my office listening to people pour out their lives to you or people come by and tell you it's a great sermon when they're really thinking about something else and they're just wanting their name checked on their own. I... We were born for the same reason. Jesus was born to be the Messiah. And Pilate comes to him and he says, Are you a king? Are you a king? Any of you kings? Maybe I should rephrase that. 
How many of you have kingdoms? Think about it. We have our kingdoms, right? We build our kingdoms. I grew up in a family where the family name was the kingdom. When you left the house, you didn't do anything to disgrace the kingdom. When you landed on the property, you were part of the kingdom. And we all knew who the king was. And what do we model when we grow up? We model what we grew up in. And therefore, one kingdom produces another kingdom. Maybe not as big or maybe bigger. But we build kingdoms. So let me ask you the same question Pilate asked Jesus. Are you a king? But let me even ask you even more than that. If you are a king, what is your kingdom? You see, if you know what you were born for, then you know who your king is. And if you know who your king is, then you know whose kingdom you reside in. I've often told the story that was told to me about my birth, and I've told you all that story. I was born to carry on the loving name. My, my, my values came from the patriarchal side of my family that my brother and I would carry on the loving name. We would carry on the generations of the loving that had been handed down to us, and the kingdom would carry on. How many of us get caught up in that? I've, I'm very proud of the loving name. I've always been proud of the loving name. But it's not my kingdom anymore. It's not my kingdom anymore. It's not why I was born. It's not what I do. It's not who I am. I wonder if we listen to Pilate question Jesus and ask that question, are you a king, what our own answer is. Have we somehow slipped out of our purpose of our birth and slipped into a role that doesn't belong to us? Have we placed ourselves as a king in a kingdom when all we've been asked to be is a servant in that kingdom? I love Jesus' answers. Why do you ask me that? Did somebody tell you about me? Pilate's the highest ranking official there is. It can go to no higher court. He answers to Rome, period. And he's in Pilate's quarters. And he's asking Pilate. He doesn't say, yes, I'm a king. How do you know that? How do you know that I am a king? Have others been talking about me? Did you hear that from somebody else? So let me ask you another question. Not only for what were you born, what do others say about you? I'll tell you it doesn't matter what others say about you. But it's important to listen what others say about you. 
What others say about you doesn't define who you are. Please hear me say that. What others say about you does not define who you are. But what others say about you answers the question of who you project to be. Are you a king? Pilate had heard something from somebody somewhere that suggested that Jesus was the king of the Jews. He was not the king of the Jews. But Pilate was taking whatever Pilate could do, the information that he had gathered from the community, to prosecute Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus' response to him is, why do you ask me that? Have you heard that from somebody else? I wonder if our own lives, if we're walking in our own lives and people begin to talk about us, do they say he's a follower of the Christ? Or do they say he's only in it to help the family name? He's only in it to build his business. She's only in it for the popularity. She's only in it for control. She's only... I can go on and on about what people say about people. What people say about you does not define you, but what people say about you is the impression you leave. And we, the people of God, have to understand our place in the kingdom. Our actions and our words should be reflecting the king and not ourselves and not what we have. I don't care if anybody ever knows that my last name is Loving. Although it's a fun name to play around with when you're a pastor, right? The Reverend Loving. I bet that's a fun one to live up to. (laughs) I'm not always loving. Ask my friends. What they say about you doesn't define you. But what they say about you is the impression you leave. If we're going to celebrate a year of Christian faith, Can we look back on that year of Christian faith and determine what we were born for? Can we identify with the one who's on trial? Can we identify with the one who's about to be crucified? Can we identify with the question that Pilate is asking Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Because apparently in Pilate's life, he had talked to some people who said to him, this man is the king. And maybe they didn't say specifically that this man was a king, but what they said was this man does impressive works. This man has crowds gathered around him. This man has power, which would all define a king. This man has followers. This man has believers. This man has servants. This man has people who go where he goes, who gather where he is. They all define a king. This man came to town in a procession. Do you remember? It defines a king. And Pilate had heard the gossip. And he just wanted to get some information. In Pilate's mind, I'm sure he's saying, why is this man in front of me? He's been warned by his wife. Don't prosecute him. So why are you here? Are you the king of the Jews? 
And then he says it. He says the reason we're all born. I am a king. But my kingdom is not of this world. You see, that's where we make a mistake. I was born to do this. You ever said that? I was born to do this. You said that? You were born to tell the truth about the gospel message and share your love with somebody else, the love you get from God. Now, the vehicle which God gave you to share that varies as there are individuals in the pews. Because God is a diverse God who gives us all different vehicles. Some of us are lawyers and preachers and teachers and moms and dads and ranchers and real estate people. Oh, we're all that. Because those are God's vehicles. Do you hear me? What you do does not define you. Who you are and the purpose for which you are born defines you. And what should be coming out of your mouth and out of your actions, what other people should be saying, about the impression that you should be leaving on other people is from what you were born for, not from what you do. I don't care if they say you're the best dentist in town. I don't care if they say you have the nicest kids in town. I don't care if they say your marriage is beautiful. Don't you want them to say, there goes the person of God. Through that person, I encountered what real love is. There goes a man who doesn't judge me. There goes a man who loves me. Isn't that what you want people to say about you? Or do you want them to qualify you? To limit you? You see, if we live upon what we do as the definition of who we are, then we're limiting the possibilities that we were created for. We were created to love. We were created to serve a king that died for us. A king that knows no boundaries for his love. A king that's willing to walk through the brutal beating that he took and be hung on a cross knowing that there would be a day he would walk from the grave of his death for us. So that we could identify why we were born. So we could answer the question of why we were born, not what we do in life, but who we are in life. If my servants, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have gathered and overthrown you. He had that power, right? But I did not come here for that. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is to testify to the truth. That is why I was born. To testify to the truth. Did you hear him say that? And you know what got him in trouble? Do you really know what got Jesus in trouble? He testified to the truth. He loved the people society said weren't lovable. He didn't care about individual kingdoms. He didn't care about governmental places. He didn't care about the institutionalized church. He cared about loving people. And he understood why he was born. 
I wonder, folks, if we look at our lives at the ending of a year, you know, we usually get together and pop champagne and play some certain song and celebrate and watch the ball drop. And we celebrate a new year. That's today in the church. But I'm wondering if maybe we should just reflect a minute about if we've lived in to the truth. If we've lived about being servants unto the kingdom through which we, to which we were born, does our life reflect what we were born into? Why we were born? Or does our life reflect what we do? Jesus is on trial. The highest trial he can be in. His life is in the hands of this man. And the people are crying out to release what one of the scholars called nowadays a terrorist, Barabbas. And they're crying out to crucify this man who understands what he was born for. And he stands before Pilate. I'm guessing he's kneeling because he can't stand up. With enough evidence to convict him of being who it is God created him to be. Not who it is the world said he was. I wonder, as we begin to make a journey back to the manger, as we reflect on a Christian year that's gone by us, will the evidence in our case, when we're asked the question, why were you born? Will there be enough evidence to convict us? To know that we were servants of the King? Will the evidence say we served our own King? Amen and amen. Thank you.